0: Listening to audio from Twin Villages Church in Damariscotta, Maine. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit twinvillageschurch.org. So we're continuing through the book of Luke, uh, we're continuing actually the, the first chapter of Luke, right, it's taken us a little bit, it's going to take us a few more weeks to get through there, um, but this morning we're going, to be, we're going to be looking at, it's a, it's a few verses, uh, verses 39 to 45 of Luke chapter 1, and it's, it's Mary uh, going and, and meeting Elizabeth, right, and it's a small section, and here's the problem with this section, all right, and like I almost tacked it on to the sermon last week, but then i 'm like it seems like too much to tack on, but then when you look at it,' it's like it 's kind of small, and there 's not a whole lot going on there. Luke is very just kind of hitting us with facts, and so um, but th- there 's a powerful thing that happens um, in this, and we will unpack that this morning, and I hope and pray that it 's an encouragement to you. And it's always amazing to me how God kind of puts these services together, and He's the one that does that. And like the things that Matt shared this morning correspond with what we're going to end with kind of at the end of the sermon. And so that's God's work in pulling that together, and even how the music ties in. So it's just an amazing thing uh, to see how, again, God takes these little details and He weaves them together and makes something beautiful out of it. But if we think about last week, we learned about uh, the birth of Jesus being foretold to Mary um, and how Mary had received grace and favor from God, Um, and the angel Gabriel appeared to her, and she was troubled by that appearance, just like Zechariah was, but yet she was very discerning and trying to figure out, okay, not can this happen, but how is God going to make this happen in, in me? And it was going to be ultimately God's glorious power, and His presence was going to be at work in and through Mary. And at the end of the day, Mary submitted herself to the sovereignty of God, to the grace and the goodness of God, and was committed to her gods. And now this morning, <laughs> Mary going to get up, and she's going to go with haste to visit Elizabeth, a relative of hers who is carrying... John the Baptists. But before I get too far, let me uh, read for us the passage this morning, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. I'd ask you to please stand uh, for the reading of God's words, and then I will pray for us, and then we will, we will have fun here uh, this morning. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord's. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to, to be here, Lord, the opportunity to gather together as a church, to pray to you, to sing praises to you, Lord, and now to hear your words Lord, I pray that You would give us um, ears to hear and minds to understand and hearts to be moved and transformed by Your Word this morning. Lord, that we would leave here um, knowing You better. Lord, that we would leave here loving You more because of who You are and what You have done for us through Your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray this all in Your name. Amen. (laughs) So with this account, right, of Mary going and visiting Elizabeth we see, right, that all of a sudden now their lives have become very practically intertwined. Right? Remember that Gabriel appeared to Elizabeth and and she appeared to Mary and they're both going to bear children, have sons. But we also see that John and Jesus' lives become intertwined. And this is the first time, right, that John meets Jesus, So it's a meeting that fulfills some of the prophecy that Gabriel had given, the words that Gabriel had given to Elizabeth and the words that Gabriel had given to, to Mary. And as part of God's plan, these two women, right, from different backgrounds carrying two children come together and their lives begin to become intertwined. And we learned last week that Mary was the recipient of God's favor and God's grace. It had nothing to do with anything that Mary had done, but it was due to the fact that God had chosen to bestow that grace upon her. And we hear this morning that Elizabeth acknowledges God's plan, and she pronounces a blessing on Mary, not because of anything that Mary's done, but because of the work of God in Mary to have her conceive and have a son inside of her womb. And so, Mary rises, as Luke tells us in verse 39, and she travels to the hill country to a town in Judah. She enters the house of Zechariah, and she greets Elizabeth. (laughs) I don't have a whole lot to say about that, right? It's very matter-of-fact, the way Luke writes that, but I will tell you this Um, that that trip that Mary took would have been about 80 or 100 miles. It would have taken her probably a good three to four days to make that trip to visit her relative, Elizabeth, who Gabriel had told, right, was with childs. And so Mary goes to Zechariah's house and she greets Elizabeth. And that, that greeting right, is met with just this excitement and joy from Elizabeth and from the baby that she's carrying, John, John the Baptist. And it's a response that's given then, she proceeds to pronounce this blessing upon Mary. And they would have stayed together and hung out together until Elizabeth was in her ninth month. So it wasn't just a pop in for tea. They were going to be there. What Can you just imagine The conversations, right? We don't have those, but just imagine those conversations. We read in verse 41 that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. John hears, right? And so we have to, right, think just about the awesomeness of God here and what God is doing and how God works and that when John, when Mary greets Elizabeth, the baby John in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. Remember that John was the forerunner to Jesus. He was going to bear witness about one greater than he. And when he hears Mary's voice, he leaps in the womb of his mother. It's the beginning of his ministry. It's the beginning of him proclaiming that there's something great about this woman and the child that she carries. It's miraculous, it, 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 it's divine. It fulfills chapter 1, verse 15 in Luke, right? That he will be great before the Lord, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? He was, John was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. So, in, in some way, shape, or form, right, John knew. And he therefore proclaims, and he leaps with joy at the hearing of Mary's voice, that through the Holy Spirit, John knew that Mary was carrying Jesus, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. We read in the second part of verse 41 that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit at this point, and she exclaims with a loud cry. There's, it, it's not that she screamed it, right, but there was this joy and there was this excitement that overcame Elizabeth. It was more than an enthusiastic welcome It was divine words, it was from the Holy Spirit, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals things, the Holy Spirit speaks things, the Holy Spirit guides us, and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing here in Elizabeth. It was through the Holy Spirit that Elizabeth understood and perceived that Mary visiting her was unique and was special, and the child that she was carrying was unique and was special. And so she says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. (laughs) The blessing comes from God. It's from the Holy Spirit through Elizabeth to, to Mary. Mary is blessed not because of anything that she's done. She's blessed because God has put His grace and favor upon her. Right, and we linger here a little bit because this is where, when you start getting into Catholicism and Mary, right? Mary's elevated. Wrongfully so. But Elizabeth does recognize that Mary is indeed blessed right? among women. <laughs> She's not blessed more than any other woman. She's blessed among women. Right? We have to be careful how we think through this and process this. Because right, I can go to Judges chapter five. Right, remember going through Judges, right? Wasn't that fun? We can go to Judges chapter five, verse twenty-four, right? And there's this word, there's this phrase in here: "Most blessed of women, be B.J.L." Remember J.L., Tent Peg J.L., right? Through the temple, of That that J.L. blessed are is among women is J.L. Similar idea here, right? God used her to accomplish something. Kind of gruesome, but she—he used her to accomplish something. J. L. That is, he's using Mary. Mary's been graciously chosen by God to bear Jesus, to bear the Messiah, to give birth to the one who fulfills the Davidic covenants. We can go a little bit forward in Luke and go to Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, and Jesus is teaching. And we read that after he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast on which you nursed. This is how Jesus responds to that. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Right? Don't make too much of my mom. She was good. Don't make too much of her right cuz really what counts is being obedient to god right so you can see even how luke tries to kind of head off almost it seems like this this idea that mary is going to be elevated and put forward as some great great person and great woman and she was but not to the point to where the catholic church would take her other people take her she was blessed god used her to do amazing things and accomplish amazing things but don't put too much weight on her but she was blessed among women and her fruit, the fruit of her womb was blessed. The child that she was going to give birth to, the child that she was carrying, was going to fulfill great things for the kingdom of gods. And then we read in verse 43 where Elizabeth kind of pauses for a moment. Right? And she says, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to... Elizabeth understands in humility that what is happening here, that God in His grace is allowing her to be part of this amazing event, or these amazing events, we can make it plural. It's, it's the visit of her relative, Mary, who's with child, miraculously, conceived, just like the child that she's carrying, but that those children are going to go on and do great things for the kingdom of God's. And why is God allowing her to be part of this? Right? And Elizabeth's focus isn't necessarily on Mary. It's on it's on the child that Mary is is carrying. But God is being gracious to her, and that she would be visited by the mother of her lords, right? Don't miss that. That she understands that that child that Mary is carrying is special and unique, right? She doesn't fully understand, but she understands enough to know that there's great things coming. And what Luke does is he kind of sets the hook, and so for the rest of the book of Luke, he unpacks the greatness of our our lords, And he tells Mary that for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. (laughs) That's an exuberant joy. That's an exuberant springing up, okay? I've never carried a child in my stomach, never have, never will, right? My wife has, right? Three, and I can remember putting my hand on her stomach when that child would kick or move, I'm thinking, how on earth, right? Same kind of idea, right? In fact, that, 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 that leaping can mean piercing exclamation, right? So I, I'm gathering here that it wasn't just like Elizabeth felt the baby move. I think she felt the baby move, right? Maybe like move, but it all is surrounding the joy, that idea of the baby leaping for joy. It's the joy that is expressed, right, when we understand and recognize that God is fulfilling His covenant promises, that God is moving. That's how Luke is writing that and phrasing that for us, to understand what, what, what Elizabeth understood, right? Because what Elizabeth is doing here, and this is, where, this is just how God works, and it's all these details, right? So even that little fuzzy ball. All those details that God has here, because he's using Elizabeth in this moment, right, through the Holy Spirit. Remember, she's filled with the Holy Spirit to interpret the movement of John in her stomach. That it was special. It was significant. It wasn't like all the other times he's moved. This was different. And she's recognizing that, and that is because the child that Mary is carrying is different, is special, is been, has been set aside. And so God just isn't using Mary in this case. God just isn't using John the Baptist leaping in her stomach this. Week. John is using Elizabeth to help us understand that what is happening here is truly miraculous, that is truly divine. That her child, that John in her stomach, is the forerunner. And those joyous movements that she felt of her unborn child are bearing witness to the child that Mary's carrying and is divine. It's the work of God's. And we can start and we can stop and think about all the little details. All the little details that go into that moment. Right? That moment. Just John moving at that moment. Elizabeth understanding that that movement was special. Mary making the three or four day journey to visit her. The fact that God had miraculously conceived a child in Mary. The fact that God had miraculously conceived a child with her. Right? But then you start rolling back Right, all the details that had to take place even to get to that point through the history of the nation of Israel and the people and the clans and the families and the lineage, all those things. And you spiral all the way back and you see how great and how grand this is. That Mary and Elizabeth have come together and Elizabeth, through the Holy Spirit, realizes, no, this is truly unique. But it's all those little details. I was reading an article this, this week, and it's, it's, the title is, There Are an Infinite Number of Wheels in God's Providence. Right? And it made me think of this passage. And just the infinite number of things that had to take place at the right time, right, for, in order for us to arrive here with Mary meeting Elizabeth and John leaping for joy, joy and Elizabeth saying, this is special. This is unique. This is from God. And this article talks about, and I, I don't know how to say the first word. It might be Ruby, R-U-B-E, Goldberg machines, okay? And so he, he, here's what they are, okay? <laughs> um, it's It's a really complex chain reaction that 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 is all put together to accomplish a pretty basic task okay so during covid during lockdown all i have to do is jump on youtube and just see people when they when they were in lockdown spent hours right putting together these things and there was one that i watched and i think there was like 70 some odd steps to make a basket or something like that it was crazy so all these little things things swinging hitting this making this move okay here that that's it's amazing Right? It just makes people, like, people have a lot of time on their hands right, in order to do that. But I guess if you're, you're locked down, sure, why not? Right? But it makes you think about, should make you think about just, just all, and so just for 70 steps to make a basketball go in a basket. Right? But multiply that out by what God does each and every day and what God has done throughout all of history. And that's what this article was about And there's a quote in here by Jeremiah Burroughs, and he says this, There are an infinite number of wheels, as I say, in the works of God's providence. Like the gears on a clock, every little detail in all of human history, your life and my life included, is a part of something bigger bigger than we could ever imagine. And God is causing all things to work out exactly as they should for our greatest good and His greatest glory. If only we could see as God sees. Can we see that this moment is working exactly as it should in order to accomplish something for God in the next, in the next month or year or decade or century? Can we believe that our God is so perfectly wise and capable that He can direct an infinite number of wheels to accomplish one great goal? It's staggering. But that is our God, and that is how He works, and that is how He moves. (laughs) And just in, in, in a little glimpse... Elizabeth begins to understand that this is far greater than just two children being born. There's something greater happening. Although she doesn't fully understand, she recognizes that something greater is happening. Then in verse 45, she she blesses Mary and she says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord's. Now, she's already blessed Mary. Right? She's already said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But the word that she uses in verse 45 is a different word for blessed. In verse 42, right, it's, it's blessing bestowed by God. It's His, His grace and His favor upon Mary. But in verse 45, the, the, the idea there is, is about happiness. And so Mary's happiness... And Mary's well-being and her flourishing, if you will, is tied to her faith. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord's. Mary believed, right? She, she trusted. It wasn't, can you? It's, it's, how are you going to do this? but she believed it. She trusted her God. She trusted the Word that she received from her Lord. She trusted His promises. She trusted that He would fulfill what He said He would fulfill in and through her. So Mary stands as an example of faith, right, of of trust and confidence in God. That God has a plan. He's using her in this plan because she knows that that plan will come to be exactly how God wants it to be because it's from God. The Holy Spirit gave Elizabeth the ability to understand and to begin to comprehend what was happening when those two women met. The Holy Spirit gives us Ability to understand and begin to comprehend the things that God might be doing and the ways He might be working, moving in our lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our church. Do we trust Him? But it goes beyond trust. Right? It goes beyond just simply trusting to how you to live your life. And not just how you live your life, but what's, how, what, 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 kind of, what do you give off, right, when, when, you, when you're living your life, right, when you're trusting in your God? Because verses 39 to 45 of Luke chapter 1 just ooze and permeate joy. And it wasn't just because they were having babies. It was because God had showed them favor God had shown them grace, and that God was allowing them very specifically to be part of His plan, and He was showing them how they were part of His plan. He almost was giving them like the inside scoop, if you will, on what He was doing, that He was faithfully fulfilling His promises to His people that have been going on for generation and generation and generation, and they're beginning to understand and see it. Do we believe those things, and do we live with joy? Do we look different to the world in the midst of trial? Do we look different in the world in the midst of suffering? But do we look different to the world in the midst of just everyday life when things are just kind of going the way they should go in our world and we're just kind of doing our thing? Do we have joy? Do we look different? Because blessing is believing that God is going to fulfill His promises. Now, what that does, thankfully, is it removes us from the equation and Him fulfilling His promise. We seem to believe that He's going to do what He said He's going to do. Because even when Luke is writing this to Theophilus to try to encourage Theophilus, remember, right, some of the aspects of God's promises weren't fulfilled, But Luke is saying, listen, you you can trust this, you can believe this. Part of having assurance in your faith and in our faith comes from knowing what God has already done, and because of that, we can trust that He's going to do what He said He's going to do. So a disciple is someone who's going to trust God and have joy when they walk with the Lord because they're trusting in Him and in His promises, come what may through the good and the bad and all the in between so mary and elizabeth serve as examples of people who women who trusted in the promises that god had given to them we are called to trust in the promises that god has given to us through Jesus Christ, we're to forget not His benefits, right? God has a plan, and He's working that plan to perfection. And one of the most basic things that we can do is to believe And trust him. Not try to understand the plan and figure out all the little minute details. He's got that. Just to trust him and what he's doing, even before the plan is fulfilled, even when it doesn't look like, from our perspective, that the plan's happening correctly, that he has it, and all those infinite number of wheels that He's using and working and moving to accomplish His purposes for our good and for His glory. What I'm going to do for the next, I don't know how long, I've got a whole list. I'm going to read to you promises from God. Gospel promises. The gospel is something that saves us, right? it sustains us, and it carries us through to the end. That's why we never graduate from the gospel. We need it each and every day of our lives. It does more than just saves, it sustains, we need it. We need to hear the truths of the gospel each and every day. We need to be speaking them to ourselves, we need to be speaking them to one another, So, I'm just going to read verses to you, some shorter, some a little bit longer, and then we're going to move right into time of communion together. Matthew 28, 20, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 8, 31 to 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give to us all things? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? it is God who justifies. Who can condemn? Jesus Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Romans 8, 28 and 29, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Philippians 1, 6, and I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord's. Ephesians 1.3-4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Romans 5, 8 through 10. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Matthew eleven twenty eight: 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come. Second Peter chapter one verses three through four. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous lights. John 14, 3. And I go, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to Myself, that where I am you may be also. John 14, 16, and 17. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, or do you not know that the righteousness that Revelation twenty two twenty. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. There are so many others that are littered throughout all Scripture that speak to the promises that we have in God. May we believe them. May we trust in them, may we live our life in light of them, come what may. We are to hold fast to the promises of God through Christ. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for uh, this time in your words. (laughs) Lord, I thank you for the promises that we have from you through Christ. Lord, it's my prayer that we would be reminded of these regularly. Lord, that we wouldn't just be reminded, Lord, that we would live our lives in light of them. Lord, that we would trust you. That we would believe in these. Lord, and because of these promises, we have joy. Our lives look different. Look different when things are going well and look different through times of trial and hardship and suffering. Our lives are different, not because of us, but because of what you have done for us through your Son, Jesus. You are a great and mighty God. You are our Father. May we continue to to love you and draw ourselves close to you as we trust you with our lives and all the minute little details of our everyday lives, or that we would just trust you and lean on the promises of the gospel because that is where our foundation truly lies. I pray this all in your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Twin Villages Church in Damariscotta, Maine. Feel free to share this message with others, and for more information about Twin Villages Church, visit TwinVillagesChurch.org. Soli Deo Gloria.